chapter 2 tonight of Daniel, chapter 2 of Daniel tonight. I'm going to read a couple of verses and finish up that thought, uh, serving in the presence of my enemies. And last week, last Sunday night, we talked about faithfulness, and, and we talked a lot about being faithful, finding God, God finding us faithful in the, in the presence of our enemies. And we need to be faithful in the presence of our enemies because the enemies are looking at you, and if they see you fall, if they see you uh, recant, they see you turn away, they're going to say, well, there's nothing to it. It wasn't real after all. But they ought to see you faithful in serving God. And I believe that's what God wants is God is looking for those who's going to be faithful to Him tonight. They want to be faithful to Him. Chapter 2 of Daniel, verse number 16, Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time that he would show the king the interpretation. You remember this? We talked about the interpretation. Uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a, a dream and, uh, and nobody can interpret it. And uh, he said, if nobody can interpret it, well, I'm just going to kill all of you. I'm going to get rid of all of you. So they went to Daniel. And Daniel went to the king and said, look, king, give me some time. Then I'll interpret it. Then Daniel went to his house. And he made the thing known to Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, his companions, you know, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you for all your mercy and grace and love. Help us tonight, Lord. And Father, we just praise you. Lift your name up. In Jesus' name we do pray. Talking about being faithful and talking about uh, serving God in the presence of your enemy. I, I have to be honest with you. When, it, when I get down to the end of my trail, when I, uh, at the end of my ministry, and I'm not uh, interested in anybody, uh, anyone saying that he was a successful preacher, or he pastored a large church, uh, he did that, he did that. I'm not interested in that. I would like for people to say this. He was faithful. He was a faithful Christian. He was a faithful preacher. He was a faithful husband. He was faithful to servant of God and to the church. I simply like to be found faithful tonight. You may ask, why is that? Because God puts a high price on faithfulness tonight. And it seems like uh, there's a lack of faithfulness in our day in which we live in today. And let me tell you, you ain't uh, got to be some Billy Sunday. You ain't got to be a D.L. Moody. You ain't got to be a Billy Graham to really make a uh, mark in this layout of sea and church age that we're living in. You know what really makes a mark and a splash in the day that we, we live in? It's just that somebody can find you being faithful, not wishy-washy, not up and down, not in and out, not a double-minded Christian today, that if they would find somebody could find you being faithful, that makes a big mark, a big flash in the day in which you live in. I love the Marine Corps' uh, uh, motto, simplify. Everybody know what that means? Ooh, simplify. It, it simply means forever or always faithful. When you hear Simplify it, just saying you, you, uh, they're always going to be faithful to the Marine Corps. They're always going to be faithful to the purpose and what they've been signed to do. Anybody remember what happened in 1983 in Beirut? 
a, a large truck full of explosive ran under the barracks of the Marine Corps in 1983 and blew up and, and collapsed the building down. Several Marines died and several of them said and one gave an account that he rode uh, the slab of concrete down to the ground but they, they was digging him out. They was digging these out. They found one guy in there, one skinny little guy, one Marine and he was still alive and they, they air-vacked him to the land stool in Germany and, and the general was walking around seeing these guys uh, and thanking them for their service and everything. There's this guy. He's all broken up. Every bone in his body just about done. He, they don't know if he's going to live. They ain't anything. And he, he had cast out. He couldn't talk. He couldn't do anything. But when the Marine general got by him, he kind of waved him over. And he waved him over. And he, he couldn't speak. And the general said, bring him a piece of paper and a pen. When he brought that piece of paper and pen, that, that man that was battered and, and, and on death's door simply wrote, simplify. See, I'm still here. I'm still faithful. I ain't giving up. They ain't got me yet. What, what a wonderful thought for us to have that same motto today. God, I'm still here. I'm not giving up. I'm faithful to the cause. I'm faithful to the purpose. And I'm not giving up. Amen. Wouldn't it be great that God could find some faithful Christians in the day in which we live in? Not only did he serve in the presence of his enemies because of his faithfulness. But don't miss this tonight. He served faithfully in the presence of his enemies because of his friends. Because of his friends. Not just because of his faithfulness, but he served in the presence of his enemies because of his friends. In Daniel chapter 2, we just read, we have just uh, received the word that Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, and nobody can interpret this dream of this golden image. None of the Chaldeans can interpret it. None of his other wizards can interpret it. And if somebody doesn't come up with the interpretation, somebody don't come up with this pretty soon, it's gonna, he's going to kill all these wise men. And Daniel just said, give us a little bit of time, king. Let, let us pray about this thing. And, and we'll get back to you. Now watch this talking about his friends. If you're going to serve in the presence of your enemies, you've got to get have the right friends with you. Notice in verse 16, it says, When Daniel went back and desired the king, then he said, Daniel went back to his house, and he made the thing known to his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He made it known to them. That, that tells me they were roommates. They were standing there together. That tells me they were worshiping with each other. He goes back to his house. And these two words, his companions, he said, his companion. If they're in a house that he comes back to, I figure he knows them real good. That means they are close. They hang out together. And if you read the book of Daniel, all 12 chapters, nowhere do you find anyone being called a friend of Daniel or a companion of the devil except these three guys here. Nobody else has been called that in Daniel's life. These are his close companions, his close friends. If you're going to serve God while in the presence of your enemies, 
that are out trying to get you to trip you up, to turn you back, to make you fall and leave God. You're going to need some friends that will help you stay faithful. It's impossible to lay down with dogs and don't get fleas. Amen. It's impossible to make close companions and be close associates of your life. People that are constantly trying to pull you down, trying to pull you back into the world, not in let you end up in the world. If you're going to serve God the correct way, you're going to need the right kind of friends. And Paul, Paul understood this because Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said, whom them hindered you? We talked about that this morning. Whom did hinder you? Who should bathe from the truth? Paul didn't say what hindered you. Paul said who hindered you? Who hath bewitched you, Paul said. And I find more and more often than not that hinders Christians from being serving how they should is somebody they have wrong kinds of close relationship, companionship with that hinders them from serving God like they should. What is it we do more things? At the, that's, why we, that's why we do things at church. We try to keep you close associated with people in church and the things of God and being active in God's things. Because the closer you are to people in church, those who serve like-minded, those who walk the same way with you, they will give you encouragement. They'll keep you going. Daniel had friends that served like him. That walked like him. Paul over and over in his writings talks about the fellowship, the fellowship, the fellowship. We continue to have a I heard a preacher one time say, don't make friends with those in the church. I'm thinking, how stupid can that be? He, 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 what his mentality, mentality of thinking about that was, if you make friends with somebody in church, you're going to cause problems in the church. Brother, you ain't got to have a friend to have problems in church. Just have a church, you're going to have problems. But I'd say this, I'd rather have somebody in the church as my close companion, as my close friend, somebody that has like mine, somebody walks the same way, somebody talks with me, and then somebody out in the world who don't serve God, who walk with God, don't love God, I'd rather have somebody in the church as my closest companion. Daniel had three of them. And can I imagine this? When Daniel came back and said, hey, boys, I got a burden, and we need to pray. I, I don't think they say, well, Daniel, we ain't got time right now. We just, uh, we're going to go out, and we're going to go down the road here a while. We're going to do this. And I, I imagine when Daniel came and said, look, I've got this burden. They didn't, he didn't even tell them what was going on. He said, they ought to get this burden, and we need to pray. I imagine those boys said, you know what, we're going to get, we're going to pray. I imagine they dropped down on their knees and said, Lord God, our brother Daniel here has got a burden. I don't know what it is, but I know that you know, and I know that you can answer that prayer. So we're asking you, Lord, touch him right now. Give him the answers that he needs, Father. That's the kind of friends you need in your life. You had friends. 
He had healthy friends. He had healthy friends. Remember in chapter 1, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor drink the wine. Well, he wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only one. These three guys also purposed in their heart. They also. So the unit gave them 10 days to prove themselves. In verse number 15, and at the end of the 10 days, their continents appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat and his wine. He said, we're not eating what everybody else is eating. We're not drinking what everybody else is eating. He said, we don't want to do it because we love God. God told us not to and we're not going to do it. I'm not telling you to go out and get friends with vegans. I'm not telling you to go out and find those that on Jenny Craig diet. I'm trying to make a spiritual application here. You need to find those friends that are like-minded like you are. They serve God. They read the Bible. They witness. They come to church. Somebody like that. I'm not talking about your diet. I'm talking about friends, that, that healthy friends, uh, that somebody that you got in your life uh, when, when something's going wrong. Uh, you ain't got to run downtown. Uh, you ain't got to call up Dr. Phil. You can come to church and get a hold of somebody in the church and say, hey, uh, I've got a problem. And the church will back you up. The church will come and start praying for you. Hanging out with those that are spiritual minded just like you are. Healthy friends. You know where they got this idea? Eating that pork, drinking the water from the Bible. They're going to do what God's going to say to do. They're not doing what the king wanted them to do. The kind of friends you need to have in your life is somebody that is a healthy spiritual friend. A spiritual healthy individual that you need that, that healthy spiritual in your life. Now they can be older, especially these young ones in here, they need an older spiritual healthy person in their life because they can help encourage them. And let me just say this, we get ready to go into VBS and they get excited. Don't throw a wet blanket on them. Don't try to shut them down. Won't you just get excited with them? If they see that you're excited with God, serving God, loving God, and doing what God wants them to do, and maybe you can help them to encourage them uh, to get closer to God. I I'm going to serve God. It's not all about them, but it's also about us. We need friends that's going to lift us up and encourage us. You don't need to hook up with somebody that's going to constantly try to drag you down and pull you back out in the world. Daniel didn't have friends like it. Daniel's closest companion was those who were like-minded, served God, prayed to God, woke with God, believed God, and trust God. You don't need to have friends that's going to constantly tell you the Bible ain't real, God ain't real. I don't know why you're doing that. I don't know why you go there. You don't need friends like that. Psalms 119.63 says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. In other words, he, he was saying, I'll tell you who's my friends. I'll tell you who's those, those close in my life, those clo close companions is the people that fear God 
and love his book. And don't, don't miss this. You, you can be friendly without having to be a close friend to people. You, you can have friends but not a close companion. The Bible said Jesus was a friend of the publicans and sinners. But who did he walk around with? He stopped and ministered to those that needed it. He got them right, got their lives right. But at the end of the day, when he sat around the campfire, who did he sit with them? Who was in the boat with him? It wasn't all them. It was his closest companions that was there. Jesus just applied Proverbs. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. If you want to have friends in church, show yourself friendly. You can be friendly without having being real close companions to those in this world today. Companion is somebody that you walk with. You're walking on this road together hand in hand. You're walking down the road. You're serving God. If you're going to have a companion in your life, you better make sure they are living for God, serving God. And I'm talking about healthy friends. How are you going to serve God surrounded by your enemies? You're going to have healthy friends to help encourage you along the way. It's going to take healthy friends. Look at these friends that are, are Daniel's. Chapter 2, Daniel comes home. Verse 17, he makes this thing known. Verse 18 is what they do. They, they, they would have desired mercies of God of heaven concerning the secrets of Daniel's. His fellow should not perish with the rest of these men of Babylon. He comes and tells them, he prays prayer request, and they go right to praying. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed God of heaven. You see what he done? His friends helped him pray. Prayed about this burden that it was on him. He goes before the king and the child is and said, If you don't get an answer, you're going to be dead. That's a pretty big burden that Daniel's under. And immediately these guys start praying. They knew the burden that was heavy. And I'll tell you, find some friends, <laughs> friends that you know when you've got a burden on your life that's crushing you down, weighing you down. If you've got friends that you just tell them, I've got a burden in my life, they'll start praying for you. They won't let up until they get a hold of the throne of God and have God to touch you. They're praying on your behalf. They're beseeching God on your behalf. That's why the Bible says, bear you one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. He had healthy friends. I also like this about his friends. They're not just friends to see what they can get out of each other. Don't miss this. Don't, don't be a friend with some people that are trying to just use you to get a foothold up. When they have finally squeezed everything out of you, they move on to a next person and do the exact same thing to them. That's not what Daniel and his friends, because watch what happens in chapter 2. Daniel comes and tells the king the interpretation, verse number 48. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler of the whole providence of Babylon. And the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Now, Daniel, he made Daniel a big, powerful man. He, he, didn't, he, he could have said, you know what? I don't know about my friends back there. Now I've hit the high side. 
I'm on top. I, I'm li- I ain't worried about it. They're, they're little now. I, I'm, I'm up here. I, I'm second command. I'm up here. I'm of all the providence. I'm of all the government. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody. I don't need them anymore. But that ain't what Daniel did. Listen, can I say this? Don't get bitter when God promotes somebody. God gives them something and you don't get it. Don't get bitter with them. You ought to just praise God with them. We're on the same team. If the church down the road is seeing blessing after blessing after God, seeing people get saved and walking out, the, I, I, I shouldn't say, well, I ain't going over that church. No, we're on the same team. We should be praising and lifting God up because it's God. It's not how many I can get, how many they get. It's how many can get into the kingdom of God. It's not my kingdom. It's God's kingdom. Daniel don't forget about his friends. He made him, king of, made him a great man and gave him many gifts. But look at verse 49. Then Daniel, remembering his friends, because they helped him pray, Daniel requested the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. He did not forget them. They were praying for him. Daniel said, God bless me, and I'm going to help you. That's the kind of friends you need. He, he, had friends, these, he had friends that can handle the heat, and they handled the heat. In chapter 3, his friends are able to handle the heat. You, you know the story, they get thrown in the fire furnace. And they ain't these kind of bowing down to the uh, world. I find these guys can handle heat when Daniel is the best. says, well, where was Daniel? Why ain't Daniel mentioned in chapter 3 when these guys are thrown in the fires? Well, the best answer I can tell you is, Daniel was over to the providence, and he probably was out doing things he was supposed to have been doing and should have been doing. But nevertheless, his, even though Daniel's not there, his friends don't say, well, you know, Daniel's not here. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll back off. And no, uh, he, Daniel's not here, but I'm going to stay true. I'm going to stay faithful to God. I'm going to do what God told me to do. It doesn't matter whether Daniel's here or not. I'm going to be what I'm always going to be. It doesn't matter where you're at. You should always be what God's called you to be. Most people do 180. Turn around, walk back. You, you know, they come to church and talk, oh, yeah, I'm saved on my way to heaven, all this stuff. But, but I'm tell you what, as soon as you look at their Facebook pages, it's 180 degree turnaround. They're not talking about God. They're not serving God. They're doing everything else in this world. He done it. Look at chapter number 12. He was faithful, served God because of his faithfulness. He served God in the presence of the enemy because of his friends, his faithful friends. But not only did he because of his faithfulness, but his friends because of his future. Look at verse number 3 of chapter 12. Two and three. Let me go back to two. And many of them that slept in the dust of the earth shall awaken, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, 
and they, they turned many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. He served in the presence of his enemy because of his future. He kept serving for souls that could be saved in the future for somebody else. Daniel's prophesizing about the future. You see what Daniel says, saying after he gets this message from the angel, he said, real wisdom is trying to turn people to righteousness. Daniel kept serving because he realized in the future he wanted to turn some people's souls towards the Lord in your life and your life soul consciousness. You see, I don't know where anywhere where Daniel affected anybody's soul. We don't read it. Daniel served through four reigns of king. By the time at the end of this book, do you know how many days he serves and gets their life right? Out of the four kings that Daniel served, three of them got their life right. Three out of four of the kings Daniel served. Daniel was, a, Daniel was an impact of their life. Daniel was a witness to the life because who Daniel was and Daniel served. Chapter 2, verse 47. The king answered unto Daniel and said, O oh, of truth, it is the, is it, of truth it is, that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and ruler of secrets, seeing thou couldest reveal this secret. Nebuchadnezzar is getting to the end of his reign. He's about to die. Chapter 4 and verse 34, And at the end of the days of Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven. Now this is Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, when Daniel came on the scene. I lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praise and honor Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and honor the King of heaven. All those words are truth, and His judgments, and those that walk in pride, He is able to abase. Does that sound like somebody that don't know God, that sounds like somebody has gotten their life right that got saved with God in the New Testament, Old Testament way. He has that Old Testament salvation. He comes to know the Lord because of what Daniel has done. Daniel was a witness. And Daniel knew that he served because he served because souls could be turned. Souls could not. He came and saw. So we know Nebuchadnezzar praised God and lifted up his eyes to God. Belshazzar, his son, is on the scene after he does. He won't listen to anything, won't get his life right, won't do anything. But because he don't listen, because he don't get his life right, doesn't cause to serve God, he doesn't last very long. Darius comes on the scene next. And they get Darius to trick him in making this decree of nobody can bow unless it was to him. And Daniel's thrown in the lion's den. Chapter 6 and verse 16. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. 
Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, will deliver thee. Verse number 20. And when he came out of the inn, he cried unto a lamentated voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Now watch the decree he makes. In verse 20, he says, I make a decree. That every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever in this kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivered and rescued. And he worketh signs and wonders in heavens and in earth. Who have delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Sounds to me that that boy got saved. Sounds to me that boy got his life right. See, serving Daniel knew that if he was serving God and he's being a witness to God that souls are in danger. Souls uh, need to be that. We need to think the same way. Hey, I'm serving God. It may not be now, but if somebody's watching, somebody's seeing, uh, I need to set precedence now that souls can be saved by my life, being faithful to God, standing for God, trusting God, serving God. And that's what Daniel did. That's two out of three. Cyrus comes on the scene then. If you read, let me, let me, if you go to Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, tells you Cyrus, he's the one that gets that burden for God to send his children back from captivity back to build the temple. And he gets a burden for the, the work of God and he, and he gives God the glory and praises in verse 1 and 2 of Ezra. If you're going to serve God in the presence of your enemies, you're going to have to do it looking towards the future and help and rescue. The souls that are out there, the whole souls that's heading for hell tonight, looking to see somebody get saved. And he said, and you're going to have stars in your crown when you get to heaven. Have you want anybody to Christ lately? Have you want anybody to God lately? Is there anybody in heaven because of you? Hmm. That's a question we need to answer ourselves. Or is it that, hey, I get there, I'm only worried about myself. Sit stars and forever and ever in the crowns. I'd hate to get to heaven and think that nobody's in heaven because of me. I want my life to be that the people could see my life and how I serve and how I worship God. That they, they want some of that. They want some of what I've got. They want to serve the way I, I pray there's some people in heaven because of what I've done and how I've served God and how I witness to God. You read Ezra, Ezra chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. It tells you how Ezra praised God, lifted God up. Daniel made an impact on the kings that he was under. And this guy, now listen, this, this guy's in captivity. He's in bondage. But yet he's making an impact in the lives of those that are around him because of who he was and who he served. You and I could do the exact same thing. You can make an impact on the lives around you because of who you are and who you serve. It's a shame that we got Christians who say they're Christians, but boy, you don't want to run into them downtown. 
you don't want to bump them and see what spills out because some things spills out you don't want to hear no more. Just say, if you don't know what they're like, just bump them. They'll let you know what they're like. But I want people to be in heaven because of what I've done. How I've served God, how I've worshiped God, and how I've praised God, and God has found me faithful. I want people to see me to be a faithful Christian in my walk with God. So that's a question you need to ask yourself. Is there anybody in heaven because of what I've done? Have I impacted a life enough? Have I changed somebody's life enough that uh, they got right with God because of what I did and what I said and how I walked and how I lived my life? That's something we should answer ourselves. Well, when you get to heaven, there are going to be some people who run up and pat you on the back. Whoo, I'm so glad you told me about Jesus. I'm so glad you stayed faithful. I was watching you. I seen how you handled yourself. I seen how the heat was on. You didn't waver. You kept serving God, worshiping God, no matter what came your way. You were faithful. And I wanted that. That's what I wanted in my life. I'm so glad that you were faithful. Can people say that about you? Can people say that about you? Serving in the presence of our enemies. You and I are serving in the presence of our enemies tonight. You walk out that door, you're going into the battlefield. Your enemies are out there. You got to serve. You got to serve. Let us pray.